재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul. We're doing something just a bit different this morning. The 7th Arab Film Festival is happening in Seoul and Busan right now. And this year, contemporary Arab women's voices are a central focus of the event. So in this portion of the program, we're going to meet one of the headliners of this year's film festival, a woman director who's getting a lot of attention, not just in her native Tunisia, but around the world. Gauther Ben-Hania will be holding a Q&A session tonight after a screening of her movie, Beauty and the Dogs. It's the true story of a woman who prosecutes the policeman who sexually assault her. She's planning to discuss her films and address the Arab women's movement in the years that have followed the Arab Spring. She was kind enough to speak with us very late at night, just after she arrived in Korea a day or two ago, before her busy schedule kicked into gear. Have a listen. Gauther Ben Hania, thank you so much for offering us this time. You are fresh, literally fresh off the plane to Korea. Exactly. How do yeah. you feel? I feel excited. It's my first time in Korea. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I just arrived and I, I want to discover everything and to understand everything, which is very complicated for me because I don't speak the language. But I'm, I'm a very curious person and being here for the first time, it's a, such a great chance for me. And you're at a great event, this uh, Arab Culture Film Festival, and your particular section of the film festival is called Focus 2018, Rise Up, Speak Out. That's so appropriate, I think, for somebody who is from Tunisia. Anybody who's not a child in Tunisia must have been so affected by 2011 and the beginning of the Arab Spring with the, the uprising in Tunisia. Where were you? Were you there? Were you in Tunisia? No, unfortunately, I was in Paris. Uh, but me, I, I grew up in uh, in the city where everything uh, started, which is Sidi Bouzid, a very poor city where uh, never um, nobody heard about this city. But after the revolution, it became very, uh, very fa- famous. So I had with my brothers like a direct, uh, you know, um, the event uh, uh, hour by hour, you know. Mm. Uh, it is something we all watched from a distance. I don't know much about Tunisia specifically, but we were all very captivated to watch the Arab Spring unfold and to start in Tunisia. A lot of the themes similar from country to country, a lot of corruption, people tired of having uh, no opportunity, of having people uh, abuse their power. And in essence, that's what uh, your film, you have two of them here at this festival, but the main film that you've gotten attention for, Beauty and the Dogs, La Belle et la Meute. What's the Arab title? It is very serious stuff. It is a true story of something that happened in Tunisia and is representative of corruption and powerlessness. Can you tell us a little bit about the film? Uh, yeah, Beauty and the Dogs, it's uh, the story of Mariam. She's a young girl, a student in the university, and she wants to live her life. She wants to meet a boy. She wants to be in a party. She wants to be beautiful. And suddenly, when she meets this boy, uh, something happened to her, and she has to sue uh the people who aggressed her or raped her let's mm-hmm. say uh and things become complicated when when we uh, knew when we know that 
these people are the policemen. So, so how to sue the policemen to policemen, you know. And uh, the movie is One Night, uh, her journey, you know, uh, trying uh, to sue this policeman in a police station. One night, and it's told in nine little mini chapters, right? Exactly, yeah. This struggle, I mean, already she's in a, uh, is Tunisia a conservative style Arab country? Would would her surroundings have been very conservative? Yeah, you have a very, con you have everything in Tunisia. You have very conservative, you know, when you are from the countryside, you are like my main character. Uh, always in any country, the, the countryside is more uh, conservative, more, uh, you know, uh, 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 close to the family value and stuff like this. When you are in the city, you are more open, more individual, uh, individualistic. Mm -hmm. You see, so it depends. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, I guess you could say the, the the abuse of police power, like a very common sort of corruption theme around the world. What made you? I mean, it's a true story. You picked it out of the headlines. What made you clamp onto it and make a, a, a movie out of it? What moved you? Uh, what interested me the most is uh, this girl, the main character, because I, I thought that she needs a lot of courage uh, to go till the end. And I was like amazed to, 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 to know what was happening in her head and in her emotions, you know, during this horrible night. So for me, he, she was like, you know, a, a hero. A super hero, you know. She she's weak. She don't have the the you know. The, she's not political. She don't. She's not feminist. She's uh, uh, naive in a way, you know. And she's uh, confronted with uh, something bigger than her. Mm. And when she's in the middle of this tragedy, she she understand that she have to fight or to die, and. This moment, you know, when in the in the middle of f f something very difficult, you discover your inner nature. For me, it's it's uh, a precious uh, story to tell. So that's why I was interested in this story. Is she a microcosm? Is she something that women should look at and say, ah, there's there's an inspiration or there's a lesson? Um, I think uh, if every character can be a, a, mic a microcosm because we are composed like this in the universe, and every story can talk to to every everybody. After uh, I don't I, I don't know if uh, you can say it's a less lesson for any woman mm -mm. because I'm, I'm I am always afraid about making gener general stuff. Every experience is very personal and very subjective. So what she is leaving it may talk to many women and uh, I did it uh, in that purpose but I'm not sure it gives uh, answers you know uh, to uh, or a mode d'emploi you know a way to do things uh, for uh, women's sure I mean you're uh, being invited to this film festival in the context of a look at Arab culture sort of uh, beyond just the sort of tropes and the stereotypes that we have of Arabs, people who have not spent time in the Arab world, uh, we only know several things, right? We see the headlines that involve either religion or terrorism or perhaps uh, these conservative values with women. And so you're here in a way, it's been kind of put upon you to 
create a uh, awareness about the the Arab world. What kind of things wow. has this? <laughs> that's well. I mean, it's you're, a huge. <laughs> no, no, it can't. <laughs> you, but you, and yet you, are, you, you kind of have to because you're in that role. It's 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 kind of how you've been positioned in a way. Mm-hmm. So, in you, you know, you're going to do a, a talk concert, a a, a Q and A kind of um, appearance. What kind of things about? Uh, Arab culture, the Arab world, your own country, Tunisia, are you going to try to get across to Koreans and people here? Um, me, I, I was, I'll, I'll talk about this later, but uh, uh, I was thinking when I was writing this uh, this film, Beauty and the Dogs, I I, I, I really had this un- intention to write a story, a very Tunisian story, but at the same time uh, that could happen everywhere in the world. And when the movie was released in France, uh, there was this huge headlines about Weinstein uh, story, you know, in Hollywood. Uh, why? Uh, Weinstein, Weinstein. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. Weinstein, uh, you know, this huge producer. And I was thinking, uh, I mean, we are in Hollywood, you know, the biggest factory of dreams in the world. And the guy is uh, doing the same stuff. The policeman, you know, uh, doing in my in my movie. So if somebody tell me it's because uh, of the region of of uh, because of Arab men are like this, I'll say no. I'm I'm sorry. This stuff is happening uh, all over the world, and we are not that specific. And even if we are going through, um, I'm, I'm talking about the region through a very historical moment. If you see, you know, the movement of history, you'll find the same things, you know, and in, the, in uh, uh, other ways, you know, happened in uh, Latin America or uh, Eastern Europe, you know, all this revolution. Or here in Korea. I mean, you're coming at an interesting moment because the whole Me Too thing is starting to grow in Korea. There's a lot of um, abuses against women that are coming into the public uh, mm-hmm. spotlight now. And a- almost as much as a, an Arab ambassador in a way, you're going to be seen, I think, in the context of this uh, film festival as a woman filmmaker, okay. somebody who's speaking on behalf of women. Some of your other films deal with women's themes. You have uh, another of your films. Is it a documentary? Chalat. Do you say it? Chalat? Chalat, yes. Chalat of Tunis. It's a mockumentary. A mockumentary. Yeah. Ah, okay. I was reading a little bit about it, and it seemed very strange to me. Yeah. <laughs> so this never happened, and this is out of your imagination? You have to see the film, too. Uh-uh. <laughs> Okay. Do I have the answer? Well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but um, the film, it's, it's a mockumentary, you tell me, and it documents a motorcyclist who does a very peculiar attack on women yeah. uh, around the city. I'm not going to go any further than that because it's a very strange, uh, non-lethal uh, act of violence against women. Yeah. And I only read a brief description and I was, was intrigued. Um where does that come from, that movie? This other movie that's at the Arab Film Festival. Um, where in your imagination did, did this come from and what are you trying to do? It was a rumor, you know. It was like uh, an urban legend in, in Tunisia. And it 
it stays in the thoughts of people, you know. And it's like, you know, uh, Jack the Ripper in uh-huh. Eng- England, but in another way, you know, this guy doesn't kill women, you know, like uh, Jack the Ripper. So you have this figure, you have a lot of criminal, uh, you know, uh, you forget them, but you have some criminal, Jack the Ripper, we remember him till now, you know, you have movies, you have stories, you have... So I had this same impression about this uh, this guy. I, I really wanted to do a documentary where I'm ma- making an investigation about about this guy to, to find him and to understand why he's uh, doing this. Okay. Well, they both sound interesting. Chalat came out a few you know years ago. Uh, the Beauty and the Dogs film was just really praised at uh, Cannes Film Festival last year. So um, I'm very eager to actually see both of them. The Arab Spring and uh, the Tunisian Rebellion surely must have produced a lot of positive change. What would you say, uh, what would your report card on it be years later? Uh, I mean, for example, I'll talk about Beauty and the Dogs. This movie, it was impossible to do it under dictatorship because it's dealing with the police. And the police was really the strong hand of the dictatorship and they were, were like sacred, you know. Uh, you, you can do uh, talk about uh, whatever you want, but not the police and the the power. You know the real uh, power. Uh, I did this movie after the revolution and the Ministry of Culture with their fund for helping cinema. They helped the movie. It was the first financement we get for the movie. So it's it's uh, a big, a huge changement. And the movie was released in Tunisia, and uh, we even asked uh, the police uh, union you know, to come to see the movie, to have a discussion. And then the civil society took the movie um, to the women jail, you know, to show the movie there, to explain there is a new law uh, voted by the parliament uh, for um, uh, uh, violence against women. Mm -hmm. So they used, the civil society used my movie to explain this law, you know, uh, to uh, women, you Mm -hmm. know, in many, you know, many places in the countryside, uh, so it, it it's for me it's a huge changement. Yes, I'm just talking in small level, you know, my movie. Then in huge level you have uh, a lot of, a lot of things. Yeah, I think when you sit down with some of your Korean film goers, things like that, they'll ask you about your movie. But you're also going to get some basic questions. How are Arabs and Koreans? alike or different or very broad questions like that Mm -hmm. just because the audience might be a little bit on the naive side or certain members might just want to know like me for korean i'm in the naive side it goes both ways right have you uh talked to anybody about uh perhaps korean culture drawn some you know initial threads of connection between these two worlds uh i i just arrived but uh, what i what I know from Korea is cinema and, uh, you know, cinema have this virtue that it's, it connects people and when you see movie, uh, a good movie, you say it's the same, same problems everywhere, you uh-huh. know. Uh, so you can connect to people that you think that they are very different. They are not that different. Uh. It might be a question of accessibility because, mm-hmm. you know, with internet distribution and these channels that bring movies and series Mm -hmm. that were made for completely other audiences Mm -hmm. and you import them into a different world, Mm -hmm. they still have value. They, you know, people still latch on to them. You know, I'm watching an Israeli series now. I've watched Norwegian movies, things like that. Yeah. Arab movies, if they were made available, 
maybe they would just catch on and people would start getting into this, uh, yes. you know, this, uh, start to form sort of a cultural rapport. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And if you see uh, in the selection of Cannes this year, it was exceptional for the Arabic films. You have five Arabic films in the official selection, which is uh, a premiere. So there is a, sto a story told with uh, uh, voices from inside, you know, and also there is a curiosity and uh, and uh, since uh, we are in a very, uh, you know, big changement in this all this region, so there are stories to tell, a mm. lot of stories to tell, you know. Um, so, yeah, sure, uh, you have this, and I, I just want to mention something, Uh, very very funny. I was like, in in many Arab country they they watch, dubbed uh, Korean uh, telenovela. Mm -hmm. You know, K dramas. Of course. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like you know, uh, it it have a lot of huge success. You know. Uh, in uh, Arab countries. I probably should have devoted half of this conversation to K-dramas in the <laughs> Arab countries. <laughs> My bosses will get angry at me. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't tell but, you more. I yeah. know that my cousins, you know, they are following this. And me, I, but I like, you know, when I go to Tunisia, I start doing zapping. I found this dubbed uh, dub with Arabic, you uh -huh. know, and uh, it have a huge success. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to let you're exhausted. You just got off the plane. It's time for me to let you go. I just want to uh, ask you so quickly. Is there uh, some kind of uh, something about uh, Arab cinema? Is there sort of a uh, an Arabic cinema uh, thread of uh, connection that a Korean audience might appreciate by going to these films? Or are we talking about too many countries that are just too different from one, in, one another and it's a thousand different yeah. flowers growing? Or is there a connection? Yes and no. I think there is a connection, a subtle one, you know. Uh, we are, uh, all of us, you know, and um, uh, here I'm talking about, you know, Tunisian, Algerian, Iraqi, and Palestinian, uh, Syrian also. Uh, all of us, our generation is the generation of the Arab Spring, saying things, you know, changement, huge changement. We have to have behind this uh, volcano some cultural vis vision. And you have this also in music and literature, you, you know. Uh, it's more because it costs less, you know. And you have this in cinema. So there is a new breath and I feel it, you know, uh, when I see, uh, uh, I don't know, you know, films like, um, you know, and Marie Jassir film, she's a Palestinian filmmaker and, uh, uh, you know, Nabil Ayush films or um, Nadine Labaki film who was in Cannes. So we, I feel that there is a, an emergency and there is anger and there is energy which link all this, uh, these stories and these movies. <laughs> I have one more question, one little quick one. Okay. Super quick. Uh, future plans. What are your future plans after this? Do you have a movie in mind? Yeah, I have a movie and we'll start shooting uh, probably uh, in the beginning of the next year. Now uh, we are financing and doing casting. It's a very ambush ambitious mo uh, movie because it's it will not be in Tunisia, but it will be uh, between mid Middle East and Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, a romance, a documentary, a no, horror? No, it? no, it's a story. Uh, briefly, it's a story of a Syrian refugee. Oh, wow. Uh, he, he have papers problem like all the refugee 
in the world, you know, he can travel and he should travel to Rome to meet a girl he's in love with, uh, but he can't. And he meet a very famous uh, contemporary artist, uh, high-ranked, you know, in the market uh, of art, uh, an American in, in Beirut, in Lebanon, and they make a deal. Uh, the artist make him a tattoo in his back, so the guy become like a... a, a Living art. Exactly. And so everything opens for him, you know, all the museum want him. Uh, uh, we find the way to give him visa and uh, to give him all the papers. So, uh, And in, his, in this journey, he become like, you know, like an object and things mm. get, get worse to a collection or want to buy the, the work of art. So, yeah, it's such an interesting premise. The magical refugee in a way. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, the commoditized refugee. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. Gauther Ben Hania. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I really do appreciate that. Thank you.